You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Alexa, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Thursday, where we are going to continue to look at the Pelicans schedule for this upcoming season. We've kind of gone through some of the numbers with it. The other day on Tuesday, we talked about the toughest stretch for the Pelicans, those two big road trips they have, with one right at the beginning of the start of the year. Now, we're going to look at the easier parts of the schedule. Where can the Pelicans make a run and either gain some ground if they've fallen behind or put some distance between them and some of these other Western Conference playoff contenders? We'll take a look at that. We're also going to look at kind of what's going on off the court, on off the court right now for these New Orleans Pelicans. Who's working out with who? Is anyone getting in real good shape? Different little things like that before we wrap up with tomorrow's edition of Locked On Pelicans. We're going to look at some of the top games of the season and the ones I'm most looking forward to, at least based early on um, with our schedule and before we get into training camps and things like that. So let's just dive right on into everything in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So as I said, we've gone over the toughest part of the Pelican schedule and some of the numbers behind things, the back-to-backs and all of that. And if you want to know a little bit more about all of that, make sure you listen to the first two podcasts of this week. And by the way, I took yesterday off. I'm still getting into training camp preseason, regular season shape here. As you can see, I've been a little bit rusty and needed just a day off. Also had the Locked On NBA podcast going on on Wednesday that I host every Wednesday with John Corrales, the Locked On Celtics guy. And we had some fun on that where we threw in some Pelicans, Horn, Hornets mentions there, and before I guess we look at the schedule stuff here, we started getting into hypotheticals about LeBron James beating um, pickup teams by himself if he was capable of doing that in half court and full court, and how would he lose? And then it kind of started, and that came from Channing Fry talking about, well, would LeBron, LeBron can carry a team in the NBA to 40 wins by himself. And I think that's a bit of an exaggeration. I think we all know that. But say you put him with like a very below average NBA player. And I asked John what like the worst NBA player he could think of just off the top of his head that he's seen. And he mentioned Brian Scalabrini. And if you put LeBron with like four scows, how many wins would they have? And I said the worst guy I saw was one season with the New Orleans Hornets, one and a half, maybe something like that, was Darius Songalia. And if you put four Darius Songali is maybe the plural alongside LeBron James on the Lakers, let's throw in the Western Conference. How many games does that team win? Just LeBron and like a, a number of clones of Darius um, Songalo that all have his skill set. So it's not like they've been clones for a while in their training in like three point shooting and rim running and dunking and defense and all specialists. Just his kind of just general, very subpar skill set. And he said maybe 35 wins. And I was like, 35 is really good. And that just shows you the value and the talent of LeBron James and why when the Pelicans, I guess, play the Lakers, it's going to be quite difficult. We'll have into that more a little bit more tomorrow. Um, but, but with that, then I went to um, Darius's basketball reference page. Dude made $25 million in the NBA, and now I feel worse about what I've accomplished. Though I don't have his size, I don't have all the training and all of that, but my God... Um, 
not just you know the 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 nicest thing to see. I mean, good for him, I guess. But still, my God, that's a lot of money for being not a very good NBA player. Then you look at it, and he had some decent seasons. Anyway, we kind of gone on about this a little bit too long. So easiest stretch of schedule for the Pelicans. There we go. So they've got that road trip that's at the end of October through November. It ends on Monday, November fifth. The next, I don't know, month or two, they have a much easier schedule, and you could see them going on a bit of a tear. Even that next stretch makes you feel pretty good because all of a sudden, they've got Chicago and Phoenix. Phoenix is going to be improved, but they're not going to be that much improved, we don't think. Yeah, adding Ariza helps. Adding DeAndre Ayton really helps, but still, I don't think anyone's too worried about them overall. Chicago... Maybe he's going to challenge for the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. But again, they're not the Pelicans level. So right there, it really starts to get a little bit better. You've got some other runs in there too. Depending on how you think about San Antonio starting Monday, November 19th, you know, you've got a game there. Then you're on the road at Philly. That's tough. But then you play the Knicks. Then you're at the Wizards. You've got Boston. Okay. Then you've got Washington again at home. Then you're on the road to Miami, on the road to Charlotte. Those are both winnable road games. You're home versus LA. You're home against Dallas. Dallas, again, will be improved, but not to the Pelicans level. Uh, Then you've got Memphis, who we'll see. Detroit, we'll see before going to Boston, Oklahoma City. Then Miami again, another winnable game. And then two kind of tough ones at Milwaukee and at the Lakers. That's not going to be easy whatsoever. Um, and I believe that's the first trip out to play the Lakers for the Spelcon team it is. But then you end December on a pretty great stretch. Sacramento once, Dallas twice. Yeah, you got Houston, Minnesota, who's a very beatable team. But then you're at Brooklyn um, in the new year in the first game on January 2nd. You're at Cleveland before getting Memphis again, Cleveland at home, Minnesota. Again, Davis lights up towns whenever they play. And Los Angeles, the Clippers, before going on the road to Golden State and then Portland. That stretch right there from, say, we're calling it as I, as I scroll back to see the actual dates here, November 7th through um, January, where did it go, 16th, 14th? That is a very good run for this New Orleans team, and they should win by far the majority of their games there, and then the rest of the schedule is kind of a mixed bag. But one thing that's worth noting, too, they have a bit of an easy end to the season. This has not been the case years past where they usually play very, very tough teams towards the end of the schedule, and then you're kind of hoping on the last day maybe they get in or it's seeding or something like that. Shouldn't be the case this year. You can maybe potentially improve your seeding during this stretch, and it really starts you know, on March 16th, let's say, uh, where they play at home versus Phoenix. Then on Monday, you're on the road to Dallas. That's March 18th, my birthday, by the way. If anyone wants to say happy birthday on that day, you don't need to. Please don't, actually. Um, and then you've got Orla- at Orlando. Yeah, the Houston Rockets are March 24th. They're going to be a little bit difficult. But then you're home versus Atlanta versus Sacramento versus the Lakers versus Charlotte. That's a four-game stretch right there at home where playoff seeding is going to be important and on the line. Those are four very, very winnable games for this team. Then they do have a two-game road trip before the final game of the regular season. We'll touch on that. But you're at Phoenix. You're at Sacramento. All winnable games right there. And then finally, the final game of the regular season, Tuesday, April 9th, they take on the Golden State Warriors at home. Golden State, who might not be playing for anything at that point, and just shutting everyone down as they get healthy and rested for the playoffs. So, you know, that middle stretch from November to the beginning of January, 
very nice for the Pelicans. And then the final handful of games to end the regular season, you can really see them going on a run and maybe jumping up a seat or two because of something like that and giving them some space. Or maybe even better is they've locked down a seed and you can just start to rest some guys in those games, get a little bit healthy, not have to worry about any of that other stuff because you've got your seeding locked up or you can maybe still win those games if you do rest one or two guys in them. So before talking about what the Pelicans have going on this offseason and what some of the players are up to, we've got to tell you guys, the Locked On Podcast Network is now heading to college. Today launches the college channel for the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're a fan of Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky, Oklahoma, uh, Oregon, BYU, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and follow for free. Yeah, it's the start of a new year. Freshmen are moving in today to their dorms. So it, make sure you go follow your school through the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And yes, I believe there will be a Locked On LSU coming very shortly. So it's a quiet offseason for us where there's just not a whole lot going on right now and not a ton to talk about. But you know who's not being quiet or who isn't just kind of staying around doing nothing? That's these Pelicans players. And more recently, you've seen it particularly on the Pelicans Snapchat, Instagram, which, by the way, I really do not pay attention to. I have Twitter and that's about it and don't really deal with any other social media. Uh, Twitter keeps me busy enough where they're out at the facility or other places working out and they're all kind of working out in groups together and you can kind of see it and it's being fun to kind of get brought up and the only reason I know about this stuff on their Snapchat or Instagram um, is because people tell me I need to pay attention to this and they show me and it makes my life easy so thank you you guys who do that so you see these players working out but I think the biggest one I think that's been most awesome to see and this comes from about a week ago is Jalil Okafor um, speaking on Instagram about kind of the the mental aspect of the game and this is in the news right now because of the stories about Kevin Love and Marcus Morris and the other players that Jackie McMullen has been writing about recently in her uh, multi-part series for ESPN kind of detailing what they're going through and how this is kind of at the forefront of the NBA's concerns right now and how to kind of protect these guys going forward and how to help and deal with these mental issues so Okafor, you can see the body transformation is there. He's showing off abs. He's in shape. He looks like he's in just better conditioning and everything overall than he ever has been before. But he says on Instagram that, you know, there's a lot you're not seeing. And I'm just going to paraphrase this here. Um, where he says he's learned how to identify and manage different stretchers um, like anxiety and learning how to how certain stressors have um, affect him and how to overcome that. And to just help him be better mentally, which is a very, very good thing. He goes on to say, mental health awareness is a cause I will fight for for the rest of my life. And if you're struggling today, don't be afraid to speak up. Uh, so I think that's a wonderful thing. And if anything, that's what more players need, kind of that mental side of things. And it's nice to see a Pelicans guy, even if he maybe doesn't make the team, we don't know yet, um, out at the forefront of this. And if you're rooting for this guy to make the team to do well in the NBA, I mean, certainly this is exactly the way he's going to do it. The talent was already there. He, there's a reason he was drafted um, in the top three, second, uh, third overall. It's everything else that he just wasn't able to put it together. There's injuries and things like that too, but it's usually a mental thing. So it's nice to see this from him, and hopefully that leads to him having some success for the Pelicans. As much as I don't think he's going to make an impact, certainly would love for him to make an impact because that's definitely a very, very good thing. 
Another guy Pelicans fans ask about often, and someone we're going to take some deep dives on as we get closer to the regular season, and that's Frank Jackson. Well, he's been working out with the Holiday Brothers, and you've seen from Instagram and Snapchat. He looks like he's in better shape than he has been before, and a lot of Pelicans fans have really high hopes for this guy who hasn't played a minute of NBA action. has played something like, what is it, 11 minutes in summer league total over two seasons. So I'm not as high on him as others are, but he does look good in these videos. But most guys look good in these videos. I think it's one of those things where you were to be like, well, what if he looked bad? What does that say versus what does it say if he's looked good? And he does look good, you know, and there's a reason he uh, was drafted as highly as he was by the Pelicans, why he was a highly recruited player to Duke. And even though he kind of disappointed there, a lot of it's due to injury. So there's potential for him to step up, but he's in great shape. He's working out with the holidays. I think that's certainly a good thing. You want him spending as much time around Drew Holiday as possible. Speaking of Holiday, he looks cut. His arms look far more in shape than they have been before that we've seen. And I think that's an awesome thing to see, too, because we're expecting him. And, of course, we'll talk about this, too, as we get closer to the regular season. Take it up to another level for after um, having his tremendous year last year. So, we're going to see, but these guys are all working out. You've seen Solomon Hill in there at times. You've seen some other players working all out with them at times. Rondo looked like he was in there as well today. So, you know, there's a lot of guys that are all working together that hopefully build some team chemistry, some bonding. All of that's a good thing as they kind of go through another rebirth of this team where maybe they're looking to try and... Um, you know, revamp their style a little bit. They played it after DeMarcus Cousins went down. It took them, you know, about 10 games to really hit their stride with it. So we'll see how it goes from there. But there's still a lot to learn and having more chemistry with this sort of thing is a great thing. Oh, the other guy, Julius Randle, who over the past couple of years has absolutely transformed his body, going from kind of being pudgy to absolutely jacked. He's still doing that. Now you're seeing him shoot some jumpers and not missing them entirely. And he doesn't really take a lot of shots outside of the paint, so that's definitely a good thing to see as well. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you for listening tomorrow. We're going to look at some of the biggest games for the Pelicans this upcoming year. What games am I just most looking forward to that are going to be the most fun, the most important maybe for the season different things like that so make sure you stay tuned and don't forget about the locked on college network drop in tomorrow we'll look for your favorite team your alma mater it's going to be a whole lot of fun as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and i'll be back with you all tomorrow 